Namaste and welcome back to another episode of the Sapient. Today we have yet another guest, Mr. Anthony. Welcome, Anthony. Hello. Uh, good to uh, be here. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing well today in a bit of a frenzy because uh, despite being alive for 26 years, I don't know how time zones work. So uh, this is a little delayed um, from when we originally intended to start. But uh, otherwise, I am very good. Got it. And um, just before we started uh, recording the podcast, you mentioned that um, you are an author. Yes. And I am always like of authors because I don't understand how writing works. Like a chimp brain, you know, chimp monkey brain. So could you explain like how did you like start writing your books initially? Uh... I guess the best way to talk about writing my books initially is that I originally wanted to be a comedy writer uh, for adult animations. Um, I saw Mm -hmm. the end credits that said writers, and I very much enjoyed uh, various, you know, pieces of adult animation, be it Family Guy, Futurama, South Park. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's something I could do. And I kind of realized over time that that wasn't my uh, style necessarily. And mm-hmm. so since I've shifted a lot more into uh, poetry, uh, creative nonfiction and fiction uh, and philosophical writing and uh, to make a long story short, I now uh, am a MFA creative writing student at Oklahoma State and also an, an instructor at that university. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you said that you wanted to, uh, you know, like be a comic writer, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, just often people on daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you think that that's that's kind of a bug in humans forever? Just um, to talk about the uh, non-talkables. I see what you're saying. I mean, as someone who studies, uh philosophy there's a reputation around philosophy that it lacks any sense of humor but mm-hmm. if you pick up a work of enough works i should say of nietzsche that would be like a really good example of humor or um i forget the author's name but on bullshit is a really good example of humor in philosophy mm-hmm. so i think one of the things that um is good about comedy there's a there's an expression uh from nietzsche that Christianity is just Platonism for the masses in the same way comedy can be philosophy for the masses. I mean, if you uh, look at the stand-up specials of someone like George Carlin, this is a really good example of, of sort of deeper, foundational, untouchable, untalkable ideas uh, you know, that philosophy tries to touch upon done through humor in a more uh, accessible and I would say arguably sometimes a better way than most philosophers uh, express. Definitely, because um, I, I know I'm not a, I'm not an author at all. Like I don't even know how to write. Let's say, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I've always been interested in comics who write like edgy kind of stuff. Just because, um, you know, let let's say in just like three minutes of conversations, you you offended a a bunch of people yes. by giving out a statement, right? And, um, you know, many people would say that's like out of bounds, right? Yeah. And there are still people like, I don't want to name, but, you know, there are people who will get offended on anything and everything. Yeah. And what's your take on those people, like, who just get offended on everything? Um, well, the thing is, is that I, I do want to make a clarification beforehand. I think there's an over stereotyping of people who get offended by everything and i think in many cases this is just an over offense in the opposite direction at offense i know this might sound kind of crazy but um oftentimes when people get offended on matters they are pointing to very serious matters be it uh colonialism be it racism sexism etc and so the the things that people are most often offended about do have a tone of seriousness. And I think it's perfectly okay for people to be 
um, offended in many regards. Uh, now, if we're talking about a person who is literally offended by everything, um, that just doesn't exist. That's not someone who can make it through uh, life. Now, I, I do see the issue of like straddling sensibilities, right? When, when you know, the argument between one's uh, offense and one's ability to speak, right? Um, this is a hard line uh, to straddle. Um, I actually am, for the most part, happy with how the United States deals with this legally. Um, currently, right now in Australia, uh, tech companies can be held for liable for what their users say on their platforms. At least that's the law that's being uh, worked through. I'm not sure if I like that system. We'll see how it goes, and maybe I'm proven wrong. But I think for the most mm -hmm. part, um, we should uh, at, at once be sensitive to the sensitivities of others while mm -hmm. also, uh, you know, uh, keeping our legal, uh, rights to free speech, because in the same vein, you don't want to shut that down either because, um, you know, shutting down the free speech can lead to some interestingly bad potential slippery slopes. Whereas if we are an unsensitive society or an insensitive, uh, society, we open ourselves to uh, marginalizing and really hurting uh, individuals who um, don't have as powerful of a voice. And if we make certain topics socially uh, acceptable, we really undermine certain people. And uh, a consequence of this is currently happening in a state like my own home state of Florida, the increased rhetoric against uh, individuals of the LGBTQ uh, plus LB, sorry, I got all the, uh, forgot all the letters, but especially the uh, gay and trans community, I should say. Um, the mm -hmm. rhetoric that's been increased against them um, has created huge uh, social consequences. So it's mm -hmm. a tough line. Got it. And coming to the Australian government, I don't think they have heard of like 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, they have not. Yeah, if they spent like 10 minutes on 4chan, they would be like, yeah, this act is not going to work at all. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of funny that you point that out. Um, because do you remember um, when Facebook, uh, especially Mark Zuckerberg, was like was on trial in front of Congress many mm -hmm. years ago? Yes. And like that was like legitimately funny and sad at the mm -hmm. same time. Um, because I still remember, a, you know, a senator asked, like, how does my iPhone know my location? And, um, you know, like Zuckerberg is, is literally a robot. Like he will not show any emotions on face. Right. Right. And even he was like, the fuck are you talking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, like there is that issue yeah. of like, uh, of politicians being older globally, which there's a sensibility to that, especially past sensibility, mm -hmm. right? You want individuals with experience and know how of systems to be, you know, politician is a legitimate job as much as we kind of as a global community trounce on it. But yeah, the issue with also being older is that just digital literacy is just garbage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're so out of touch that they don't know, like, what they're talking about. And like the thing that you just uh, said about Australia, right? Like the, it, it comes to the same point. Like you cannot centralize internet. Like governments have tried that and failed spectacularly before in centralizing, um, you know, internet. And have you heard this new thing that Facebook will start charging people in Europe now um, because of the ads policies? Uh, oh, I did not know about that. I mean, I, I was going to transition to China's failure of censorship, but this is interesting. No, I haven't heard of uh, Europe's uh, Facebook mm -hmm. ad charging policy. So it turns out that, um, you know, European Union said that you cannot like service personalized ads, like you cannot collect my data and, right. um, and you know, okay, full declaration, I am a digital marketer. So, right. I work with these things every day and, um, you know, I, so essentially Europe union said that you cannot serve personalized, uh, ads to people. Right. So Facebook was like, okay, then there is no, like literally no reason for me to exist apart from just pay to, uh, you know, like pay to use basis. Right. 
and now that's the direction that facebook is going and pretty soon i think instagram also will flow in that particular yeah, direction yeah in the european union i mean yeah. i think i i can understand i mean i'm the, maybe maybe this might be uh, me missing out on stuff uh, somewhere but i'm actually very okay with this because one i you know there's enough advertising in uh you know uh, cultures that have access to these technologies more so and even you know uh uh cultures and countries where the access is less so. I mean, um, I believe, I don't remember what parts of uh, the African continent, but in many parts of Africa, uh, you know, Facebook is synonymous with the internet there, right? Like in the same way for many people, like Google synonymous with the internet in the West. Um, And, you know, I'm okay with not being like, you know, there's these the, the targeting of certain ads towards individuals and the invasion of privacies and the uh, the pushes of data. I mean, I understand um, that's what that's not necessarily what digital marketers are trying to do, but the feeling of privacy, which is all privacy really comes down to, um, because privacy can always be linked with some other um, law or some other underlying issue. So these violations of you know of privacy and these you know, these sort of uh, marketing culture and consumerist culture, I think I, I'm perfectly fine with these things going away. And if individuals want to pay to keep up their Facebook because it's a useful service to them, whether they're using Facebook Marketplace or whether they're using it to remember their grandmother's birthday, I mean, you know, it's fine for have paid services. There's plenty of things that are, you know, paid mm-hmm. services that don't need to run for free. I mean, you know, It'd be nice in many ways that Netflix is for free, but the fact that that's not a free model is also fine in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in, in terms of digital, there's a saying that privacy is a myth. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like consideration of a person. It's like cat drink, drinking milk, closing its eyes. Like it's it's thinking that nobody's watching me. <laughs> But when literally the whole freaking world is watching the cat drink the milk. So I think privacy is so similar to that in today's world. Yeah, but I think the issue with that is like, yes, I'm with you. In terms of access, everyone has access to your information as soon as you put yourself on the digital space. And we've all consented to, well, not all, but anyone who's been on the internet has consented to um, their their data, their information being known to the global uh, network. But mm-hmm. um, when I guess I talk about privacy, because I think that's the issue, like privacy isn't like absolute, like nobody has access to me at all. Privacy are those things that you're willing to have out or the feeling that something you don't want out is out. So a good example of this is um, when someone looks at your diary, let's say, right? Let's just say you have a diary and let's just say I have a diary, right? And someone grabs it and reads through it like, yeah, that's an invasion of privacy, but that's also an invasion of like your your personal property. So in the same way, privacy always has a secondary uh, principle attached to it, right? There's no such thing as privacy alone in a vacuum. Um, There's privacy with, um, you know, property rights. There's privacy with, you know, basically... uh, assault there's privacy with like theft and we can we can go on yes i think it's what you're referring to is like privacy in in a, in a degree like in terms of in certain parts it, it 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 could be applied mm. um yeah like so coming back to this internet thing and just privacy and all these things um you know in india there is a law right now that says let's say you are using facebook on a daily basis mm-hmm. You could ask Facebook to give the data that they have collected on you Yeah. in the whole history. So they will send you over the data that they have collected from day one to day till date. Yeah. And they're legally like required to do that now. Yeah. So do you think that's something that other nations should also start doing? Uh, the uh, In terms of all the nations? I mean, it, I, I think... How do, how do I want to put this? Because again, I'm not an expert on digital law by any sort of means. But, you know, from from a personal opinion in regards to the amount of data collection that uh, private entities are allowed to have, uh, the only pers- people's it really benefits ultimately are um, large corporations. You know, people talk about the consumer benefits, but really 
you know, the only thing it helps consumers with is splurge purchases, which really just grants more power to these, you know, corporations. I try uh, with my partner to buy on like very much a need sort of basis, right? You know, uh, you know, we, or, you know, we very rarely, the things we splurge on are sort of uh, travel and food. We, 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 we love food. So those two things are kind of our splurges, but outside of that, you know, it's very much like, okay, what do we need? What are we looking for? What are we setting up for? Right. We already have in mind what we're going for. And this uh, push of digital marketing through uh, internet data the really the main thing that it does is get users to buy uh, consumer products that they otherwise would not have bought because on a beforehand basis, right? Before we had like the shopping mall, right? Like that was our first kind of introduction really into like kind of splurge and extra spending. Um, Historically, all of our purchases for the most part were uh, based off of need or luxury, you know, um, you know, it would be, it would, it would still be need based. It would just be a luxury version of that. And as um, with the growth of the shopping mall, and, with, and then with the extra boom of the, um, you know, data, internet data collection, just splurge buying just took off to uh, just an untenable degree, um, especially if we're trying to combat issues globally, such as uh, climate change, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, like in today's world, um, everybody has something to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of like a shit situation, I feel like, because everybody is trying to sell everybody yep. something. And businesses go through this life cycle where either they make it or they don't. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those businesses who don't make it are in a very high number. Oh, yeah. And that is so similar to every other field, that, of course, like acting, writing, singing, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, like that's kind of downside of today's, um, you know, digital world. And so you, I'm yeah. oh, sorry, before, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm not a complete hater of the internet. I just want to be very open to its uh, downsides. It's okay. It's okay. You can be like a total hater. That's, that's no, not no, a no, problem. No, I just want to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not an issue so you were saying something about china um, yes. earlier yeah um i just basically we going back before about like how online censorship uh inevitably fails that you know even china whose internet is so centralized onto uh wechat even then and there you know uh there's still you know individuals who come up with code and coded language and ways to talk about you know issues at hand uh and pointing to Uh, particular items right like you you know china has a much more centralized internet system than um the west and and you and that seems surprising because there's so few dominant uh websites in the west you know we could really boil it down to uh the products of meta be it facebook be it instagram uh x formerly known as twitter um (laughs) you know um Google, google microsoft yeah, Google and, you know, a couple of Microsoft things like Outlook and mm-hmm. Bing and, you know, whatnot. And, you know, obviously we can, you know, Steam for video games really, right? Like there are some very centralized aspects, but, you know, obviously uh, China's internet is much more centralized between WeChat, Alibaba, and, oh, am I, who am I missing? There's a third website that's very large, but I am mm-hmm. blanking on that at the moment. So even with the centralization of China's internet, even as the government has created legally an environment that only allows for a few uh, particular websites to even begin with. And WeChat being, you know, Facebook on steroids, you know, succeeding in all the things that Facebook wanted to do. You know, Facebook wanted to be V1 website in the West and that failed, but WeChat succeeded mm-hmm. doing that. Even then, yeah. China can't fully censor that. Um, yes. Yeah. But if you look at like TikTok, like and the version that is served to Chinese people rather than other other countries people, mm-hmm. that's like a crazy difference. That um, I saw a video on YouTube where a guy from China like was using TikTok, and uh, his son is like under fourteen or something, mm-hmm. and all he was getting is like literal like propaganda, <laughs> um, you know. And um, similarly, 
uh, you know, he, he the same person used VPN and registered a new account in United States. Yeah. As the same like 13 or 14 year old. And all he was uh, looking at was like twerking and dancers and um, just, you know, like shit content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like a real demonstration that he did in front of everybody. And for people to say, you know what, like we, we are free enough that a, a child can see a, a, a woman twerking on TikTok when he's 12 or 13 years old is freedom. You know, that kind of takes scary path. Um, because you see, like, I don't care whether anybody agrees or not, but TikTok is a social, like society, it, it wants to like destruct the society, societal, like f- norms and forms that already exist. So it's like, you know, um, let's say family values or whatever you want to call it as just, you know, people being people and they want to completely like kind of take that over. I don't, I don't know if necessarily TikTok is any sort of force of destruction or like, you know, norms or anything like that. I think it's just following uh, trends, right? And I think kind of the norms that people point to when TikTok's like, oh, they're like TikTok's destroyed norms and trends or whatever. Like, no, they're, 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 they are a product of current trends, right? TikTok is based upon like youth popularity because, you know, obviously younger people are watching it. So they are showing the things that, younger individuals are into and younger individuals are into things um from the wave of the uh, sexual revolution right if we're going to really point to anything that really uh took out our norms and trends as a uh western society uh at least for us and and you know but globally too is the fortunate in my eyes invention of birth control right like this um changed norms and customs to such a large degree and it just so happened to coincide with philosophical revolutions of uh, post-modernity and um it just so happened um to coincide um with uh, you know uh, it, uh, the very kind of like beginnings of the uh, mass consumer digital uh, revolution right like the you know these sorts of things where it's like you know the the you know these mass media products were becoming more available Yes, starting in the 50s, but they really start to, you know, get rolling in the 60s. You know, you have the sexual revolution with, uh, you know, birth control and a philosophical revolution at the same time with postmodernity. And TikTok is just kind of showing these sorts of things kind of together. It's just, it's just, it just is a, just a new media outlet that portrays trends that have been happening since the 1960s. Mm hmm. So it's like this, right, Anthony, like, Mm -hmm. you see, if you look at Instagram, you know, if you look at Facebook, if you look at YouTube, right, all Mm -hmm. of them have short content. But the way TikTok works is absolutely hideous. Like, for example, in India, TikTok has been banned since 2019. Like, we cannot use TikTok here. And, but me working in digital media, I had to understand how TikTok works too. And their algorithm is absolutely like hideous like you know if if ever tiktok came under scrutiny in terms of what they're collecting and how they're manipulating people um, you know it it would not exist as an app i this isn't me pointing to however tiktok being a good thing or having a good out al- good algorithm that's not what i'm saying it's that for these tools like for these algorithms to work and be so effective and for TikTok to have more watch time than YouTube, you know, a long form uh, video service, clearly they are um, pointing and showing to trends that have already been occurring. Now, while I do think the, uh, uh, you know, the sexual revolution is a actually a positive no holds bar, I do think there are downsides to uh, the rollout of large mass media and negatives towards uh, postmodernity, even though I have a more positive light of postmodernity than I do mass media. Um, nonetheless, you know, TikTok's success is not the fact that it necessarily breaks down people or destroys norms. Those seeds have already been planted. Um, TikTok, in many ways, could potentially be sort of a gardener to these sorts of seeds that have been planted. And I think in many ways is pointing to, um, you know, it grows some good gardens, it grows some bad gardens, just like everything else. I think TikTok's been an overall good for, um, 
the LGBTQ plus uh, community. Um, so I think that's been a huge positive for that community because it's allowed them to talk and communicate and get across terms and understandings and see uh, representations of themselves in positive lights. However, I think it's been a negative in regards to how we talk and how we communicate. It's, you know, it's one of these things where it's contributed to the destruction of attention spans and it's, you know, it's turned uh, every form of art into content and, and we can, you know, uh, go on. But so I, I, I am with you in many large capacities. TikTok is a negative. I'm not here to sing the praises of TikTok by any means. I don't have the app myself and mm -hmm. I can understand why governments are against it. I mean, even the state of Oklahoma that I live in, uh, I can't mm -hmm. use TikTok on my campus. I mean, nor would I because I don't have mm -hmm. it. But yeah, like TikTok is banned from all public government mm -hmm. centers in the state of Oklahoma. That's kind of great move if you ask me because uh, <laughs> I have seen the bad sides of TikTok and I absolutely like don't want anyone <laughs> <laughs> to suffer from that. Um, yeah, because just China in general sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's um, that's one thing that's uh, uh, what's what's that meme where it's like it's and I think it's from that uh, arm wrestling movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger was him. It's like the two arms coming together. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like India, the United States, and they come together. Hate on yeah, China. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, and if you want to talk international relations kind of thing. India and China is like, we are only here to like trade with you and nothing else. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a friend. I don't want to be an acquaintance. Nothing. It, this is a pure transaction. There was a, there was a border dispute a couple of years ago, even. Like, I, uh, like uh, I mean, it's still going on with, um, um, uh, not Kurdistan. Oh, my God. Um, what's that? Oh, my God. What's that disputed region? Um Oh my God, I'm thinking of it. It's like it's like at the very north, and it's disputed between China, India, and Pakistan. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my God, it's it's in the way north. But anyways, like there was a couple of years ago where there was you know uh, there was a uh, Indian soldiers and Chinese soldiers having a uh, kind of a, yeah. uh, a backlash. Hand to were, hand, yeah, hand to Clash. hand throwing rocks mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that is kind of thing now because um, so. What happened was, you know, like there is a crucial point, a mountain. Yeah. So if if you can like, let's say, establish on the top of that mountain, you have literal like 270 degree view. Yeah. And uh, and that's actually Indian border and Chinese. You're like, you know, like would you would you mind if we take this piece of land <laughs> from you? <laughs> yeah. You mind if we just hang out here, dog? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when they, when they were caught, they were like, oh, sorry, like, we did not know this was yours. And we just thought it was like international borders. And we're just going through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, that was like the kind of sh like shit scene that went, went on. Well, but right now, um, you know, India, China is not that much like uh, love hate relationship. Yeah. Because we got this bricks coming up. Have you heard of it? Yes, yeah. The it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and I believe South Africa. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And now we got Iran, um, Saudi Arabia, and bunch of other countries, Egypt, and some other countries too. That's it. They're gonna have to. Ex they're gonna have to expand that adjective. They're gonna. It's, it can't be. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the thing is, the BRICS are like the permanent members. Ah, okay. And everybody, everybody else has like. Um, seat in the association <laughs> right that makes sense it's yeah like, so it, right now it's like a g7 yeah that's i mean that's the best comparison it's like oh yeah exactly it's exactly. like the g7 like but g7. with extra steps and more secondary members yeah it's like g7 with like 60 countries <laughs> yeah it's like it's like we'll show you g7 we'll be just barely more of an economy than you because we have yeah half the world <laughs> right i mean it's so, literally those seven countries in the g7 still make up like it, just by themselves, those seven countries are just so economically powerful. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. not including India and China, which is insane because yes. these are two, it just show any, and obviously most of that weight is carried by the United States. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Insane. Just how much. And you know, it, here is something that pisses me off every time I look at it. Like if you really think about it, 
Europe is just piggy, piggy you know, like piggy banking out of United States success. Oh, the Marshall like Plan all... is, I mean, the United States after World War II, we basically funded Europe to mm -hmm. the point where it could uh, yeah. retain its um, high economic, socio-cultural status. And mm -hmm. we became, for a large time, that's kind of fading away now, but for a large time, we were Western Europe's uh, military. Yeah. And that's the reason, like, I love Trump. <laughs> because he said, if you have, like, security issues, build your own fucking army. Like, don't ask us money to build it. <laughs> I mean, and I, I went like, you know, like that's like the most balanced approach to it. Like, of course, you are my friend, but I cannot like, keep protecting you forever. You know, you need to protect on your own. Yeah. I mean, there's that was the one thing. Th there's many things I disliked about uh, the former president, to say the least. Um, mm -hmm. Same I, yeah, many things. But that was one, I think, issue uh, he was right about. Uh, it it, mm -hmm. it made sense to me. I mean, obviously, I think... Um, you know, ultimately his legacy is very bad and and horrible for global uh, republics, mm -hmm. you know, given um, his stances at the end of, you know, not, um, you know, before the election even happened, saying it was rigged and not buying into real results and then all his, you know, coup and then, of course, all his sort of Islamophobia and his racist. And we, I mean, we could go on and on, but I, I think uh, turning this podcast into another Trump bashing session, while mm. it would be accurate, uh, <laughs> is done been done so many times. Yeah, but he here is something that you know I'm I do I don't like I am I'm not a Trump supporter, right? And to my audience, I don't have a green card, like I can't vote. <laughs> so you know, like don't take my words seriously because this is just an Indian's point of view. Um, you know how like people talk about Obama saying you know like he was the great president of 20th century and blah mm -hmm. blah blah yet we saw so much destruction and war in his time mm -hmm. and people expected like trump to fucking drop nukes on north you know south <laughs> korea north korea japan like just name drop it you know keep just fucking keep launching missiles but he established like a lot of peace in you know even even in middle east yeah yeah and also in south Israel east asia and and uh and saudi arabia again like that was, yeah that was another thing that i thought I, I was surprised that uh, his uh, uh, cabinet wasn't the one to pull out of Afghanistan. But mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, and then it was very strange that he critiqued uh, Joe Biden for, for pulling that move because it would, would have been very consistent with his own policies. And so I think, I think these last two um, you know, presidential administrations have been much better in regards to um, – their stance on war and conflict. So that's mm -hmm. something I'm very happy about because I think as someone who went to the University of Central Florida and seeing like how integrated Lockheed Martin was with that university and seeing mm -hmm. how unfortunately mm -hmm. ingrained, uh, you know, the militaristic, not even just life, but attitude. I mean, I, I saw mm -hmm. a guy driving down the street in a Humvee the other day. This is just on like a, this is just on like a random <laughs> road in Tulsa next to a Brahms. And this man's just driving a Humvee, like just past the yeah. ice cream shop. It's like just some guy, just some middle-aged yeah. guy with a Humvee. Just an average Joe. Just, just Joe with his Humvee. Just, just you know, stopping yeah. at the stoplight. Like, so, mm -hmm. no, like it, it's more so like one of the things I think the world looks to in Americans is like the industrial complex is tied into the country. Like, yeah, of course. I mean. Our, mil our police are some of the most militarized. We have the largest military. You know, the you know a lot of people work for companies like Lockheed Martin and you know gun. Like yes, that's big. But even bigger is that militaristic attitude. The number of people have like Punisher stickers on their car. You know, the number of people you know driving like big trucks and almost just like you know the, these the, the militaristic attitude is bigger. I mean, you know how much reverence, even though we don't do it financially or through the VA or anything, but how much mm -hmm. like social reverence we give um, the soldiers and veterans. I, I think that's um, a fascinating and overlooked aspect of America's yeah. uh, military culture. Because you brought up um, uh, a machine manufacturing company, let me say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah, let's say that. I really got pissed off recently because I was just going through news. And, you know, like, a thing about me is when I, when I look at a news, uh, and I, I, I try to come up with, like, a funny scenario for that. Like, why did that particular scenario happen, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this one congressman who said, 
you know we know that extraterrestrial uh, life exists and you know like they have visited planet earth and they know that we are here but we don't want to give that information to everybody because general people are just fucking dumb right and i was like how fucking dare you like you 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 come from the same floor of congressmen who asked mark zuckerberg <laughs> how the fuck does iphone know my location and you are talking about people being dumb yeah um well because right now right now if you look at it like um th- there is even a, a congre- congressional hearing that's coming up yeah where it's going to be like completely open of course it's not open because um these machine manufacturing companies are against it yeah because it it's just like technology transfer and they don't want that to happen yeah so that kind of like works me out works me up every time i i listen to that i'm like so you are saying that just the general public doesn't have any sort of like reality or rationality you you, you are saying you know they are absolute fucking savages like they should not be given this information yeah i you know one of the things um i think that uh plagues individuals is often elitism right like people can find elitism in all sorts of regards so it, you know it, it's not just to congress i mean people can even find elitism when it comes to their sports i mean you know i'm sure hotters uh, i was going to say is that like an, i i don't know the ipl teams very well but i'm sure mm-hmm. you know there's people who have like you know uh you know who have ipl you know elitism where it's just like oh but like you know our club is like more you know and just insert x uh, sort of thing right or people like mm-hmm. a good yeah 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 that exists yeah i mean i don't <laughs> you know I, I the best example i have is with the yankees right like in the united states mm-hmm. new york yankees fans yeah they're like elitists they're like baseball elitists and it's just like why mm-hmm. like yes yes it's it, <laughs> like it's it's a it's a game where people buy like mm-hmm. cheap corn dogs and yeah. you just see grown men take way too long mm-hmm. to hit a ball with a piece of wood like what it like yeah cool. so Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tendency for everyone, but I think you know one of the things that I find most interesting about this about this sort of stuff. To me, um, let's I, let's say we have been visited by you know uh, extraterrestrials, right? Let's let's just say that that has already been the case. Um, that's pretty good, and, and and this might sound strange saying it, but it's good in the sense that that if extraterrestrials have come and we're still kind of chilling that means that there's a higher likeliness of some exterior force being um, either um, peaceful or not having focused in on militaristic technology like our species has. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, and I think ultimately, um, you know, if let's say extraterrestrial forces are come and they're just hanging out, right? There's also a high likeliness of that there's if there's frequent trips or not, which again, I, I'm skeptical of all this, so I don't, you know, not believe her. But one of the uh, things that uh, is likely is that it could be for, you know, tourism, right? Like kind of secret tourism where they're like, oh, they're coming over like, ooh, what are these pretty rock formations? Or, oh, cool, let's put on disguise and just like hang out in this like weird human city. Um, and I, I think there's one manga uh, a roommate told me about where the whole premise of the manga is about aliens coming for sex tourism, you know, in the same way people will go to like Amsterdam. So, mm-hmm. so I, I, uh, I, I would, um, I would hope that this floor of Congress, um, mm-hmm. they talk about the uh, extraterrestrial uh, sex tourism as opposed so, to. <laughs> he, 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 here is what they said, right? They said mm-hmm. that if we let people know that everything that we know about terrestrials, extraterrestrial sorry mm-hmm. um people would just stop living their lives that ie air big air quotes they just want you to be like a modern slave like just go to office don't think much about every everything um just keep paying your taxes dude like you know don't panic <laughs> keep keep investing in your ira you know like yeah and keep supporting our government please because we need to spend money on ukraine and um, other things that we want to propagate so that we can stay in power. But that's so, the thing. If, uh, if... He said something called as, uh, he used a word, he, he said strategic surprise. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, you know, we will expose the public, the, you know, the general public mm-hmm. to these facts slowly. I mean, it's one of those things also, it's let, let's, I mean, it, 
how do, how do I want to put it? If it was so shattering, right? Like, and if it was like such a priority, let's just say, assuming all this is true, right? Like, it can't be such a big deal to the point where like, you know, where governments would have like no other, you know, would have no other focus, right? Like, I mean, obviously there should always be secondary focuses, but like, you would think that if these things were such a big deal that, you know, people would kind of like hone in and, you know, work things out, or maybe it's just me being overly optimistic in that regard and thinking that, oh, if there was, you know, uh, powerful and blatant enough issues, we wouldn't have secondary focuses at least, or I should say large scale secondary focuses. But I don't know, as at this moment, I mean, I am kind of neutral on whether, you know, uh, we've been visited or not. And for me, I don't think my life would shatter too much because I already hold the assumption, just given probability that there are other intelligent beings somewhere in the universe. Mm -hmm. But would you say that, let's say me withholding information from you, thinking you, you are a, you know, like a buffoon. <laughs> Do you think that that's like a warranted move? from no, a democratically I, elected freaking government. Oh, oh, definitely not. I mean, I'm I'm a um, you know, let know and uh, type person. Um so yeah, I mean, that's my sort of personal basis, but so to me it's not a valid move, but unfortunately there's nothing I can personally do about it. You know, I can't dictate <laughs> what other people are going to say, right? I'm not going to run yeah. into that open meeting, get myself on C-SPAN and, and hold a sign that says, tell us about the aliens. You know, that's not going to go very well. I mean, as funny as that yeah. would be, it's not going to go yeah. very well. I mean, you should, you should hold a sign saying increased tax rates. No, no, no. For no. poor people. Oh, oh, okay. I, oh, I see, I see what you're saying. That was a twist. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm like, what's happening here? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting where people focus themselves, you know, upon. Um, but again, like it, it, one of the other things that I think also happens, right? And this is in regards to extraterrestrial news. It's one of those things where a lot of people who do talk about this subject that could have a lot of seriousness to it um, mm -hmm. often aren't. <laughs> so kind of the whole subject or understanding or study of something gets kind of immediately discredited. Um, I went on a uh, another show to talk about um, speculative extraterrestrial religions. Mm -hmm. And the person I was talking with was like, you hear that, my star children? Like, this will tell us about your origins. And I'm just like, oh, shoot, did I end up on a Scientology podcast? <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So now you're, you know, you're an involuntary member of a cult. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> truly, because I'm like, I just want to like, I, I've, yeah. done, I've done religious studies work. Like that's, that was what I did before um, uh, literary sort of mm -hmm. uh, teaching. I would, uh, I assisted in uh, a world religious class. So I've done religious scholarship. So I'm like, hey, if like, you know, like if we're serious about extraterrestrials, like, we should have some study and understanding of the things they may believe. And let's like, let's mm -hmm. speculate on this as accurately as we possibly can. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things you hear about in the speculation there's, you know, there we're getting better, like with stuff like arrival, which speculates on, uh, you know, extraterrestrial linguistics. Uh, there's a lot of study on, there's some uh, works on extraterrestrial sociology and stuff like that. And like, mm -hmm. but you would think, you know, this stuff would be leaned into and talked about more by these communities. But instead, it's a lot of more like, oh, they built the pyramids. It's like, no, they fucking didn't. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. no, they didn't. We know how the pyramids were built. And, or it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like they just, they were the Atlanteans. It's like, no, they weren't. Atlantis was just a metaphor but by Anthony, Plato. Do, <laughs> but do you really think pyramid was built by us? Yeah, 100%. I have no, that one I, I am, I mean, I can't 100% prove it, but I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like about as like much as I can prove anything. Yeah, like I have no, no doubts about the pyramids were built by Because uh, ancient recently people. I was uh, listening to a, a pyramid expert mm -hmm. who worked on pyramids like 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. He was saying that the, the narration that people think that pyramids are like tombs, mm -hmm. that's just like bullshit, like there has been only one uh, mummy that has been ever found in pyramids, but pyramids yeah. for, yeah, they, <clears> were for other purposes. Mummy. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. There should only be one mummy. Yeah, no. He's saying in all of the pyramids mm -hmm. through, found throughout the world, 
there was only one uh, place where m- mummies were found. Yeah, correct. And yeah, that's uh, that's he's true. saying that the narration of uh, you know pyramid just being a tomb is like is like you know minimalistic, like you know you're boiling everything down. But he's he says that you know pyramids have a higher purpose that we don't understand. No, no, no. So, um, so, so what I'm trying to say is this, right? So globally, let's let's talk globally, right? Like the way um, the Mayans used their pyramids, for example, was for rituals and as a calendar. Um, you know, the way other cultures used um, their pyramids were for more uh, ceremonial purposes. Um, however, the uh, the Egyptian pyramids. Um, especially the pyramid at Giza, right? We do have, there's actually multiple pyramids. I believe there's ones yeah. uh, more to the south um, that have evidence of mummies in them. But the yes. pyramids of Giza, just focusing on the big ones, right? They were built for one pharaoh as one pharaoh's tomb, all of them. So, of course, there should only be one mummy, right? Now, obviously, it would be the case that... Um, they wouldn't build this elaborate system for a singular purpose. Of course, there were ritualistic purposes. Of course, maybe there is even use of them for like secondary purposes later on. Like obviously, of course. And again, most of the Egyptian mummies, you know, we know have been robbed. I mean, if we look at the, um, oh my God, why is it the, the Valley of the Kings? I believe it's called, um, where where way more pharaohs were buried than any sort of uh, pyramid, right? Like very few of those remain because of course like over time which how old egyptian civilization is you know those pyramids got robbed those tombs got robbed i mean you know the only you know tombs we really have left are the ones of minor pharaohs such as tutankhamun who you know was not really significant in the grand scheme of egyptian history so yeah i i i get the public perception be way too minimalized about how pyramids are understood and that expert is completely right that um that this is a small understanding of what pyramids were but it's not yeah. to ignore that this is the the case scenario we have the best mm-hmm. archaeological evidence that we have so yeah that expert was saying that you know like there are like roots within the pyramids mm-hmm. where they do not understand like why that exists correct or the purpose of it but correct. Um, you know, <clears throat> because here is what I always wonder. Um, you know, they they estimated the pyramid's height using laser. Mm-hmm. You know, laser technology, and laser is not like freaking old. Like, you know, it's not like ancient. <laughs> right. And if you look at any pyramid, it's not like it was built. Um, because if you if you look at history, like right then mm-hmm. we should be one of the most advanced species, kind of, in the theory, at least. Are you talking but about you amongst... these pyramids... Are you talking about that humans should be the most advanced species in on Earth or galactically? No, just, just on Earth, Oh, well, of how, how entitled we feel we are. Well, I mean, th- I mean, that comes down to a lot of questions about, you know, the the animal mental capacity and human comparative mental capacity and mm-hmm. what we value as advanced but yeah, yeah. i understand that but the re- reasoning being you know like many experts forever thought like this could not be achieved without using you know most advanced technologies because the kind of work that even uh, a pyramid has gone through like in terms of being accurate and uh, you know always being on the equator line throughout the world well but like I, I i get i get how that could be a phen- phenomenal but um there's a greek mathematician i forget his name it starts with a p um but basically he used the shadows of many of the uh ancient great wonders he measured the shadows and he measured the curvature of the shadows and he did this in multiple locations and this individual depending on how big a stadium is was anywhere from 300 feet off to like 300 miles off of the uh, 300 miles off? yeah 300 miles off of the earth's circumference right oh, sorry uh, yeah circumference right so this individual right using shadows and using mathematical principles was able to get really freaking close on the size of the earth right i think mm-hmm. there's this tendency to look at ancient individuals as as stupid rather than look at in ancient individuals as being one 
less numerous, so there weren't as many intelligent individuals to collaborate. And two, uh, you know, as stupid, instead of being individuals with access to less, you know, resources or prior knowledge to work from. One of the benefits, you know, we have as a species is knowledge sharing. This is something that octopus do not have, for example, and this is one thing that detriments uh, that species very much is that they're not able to knowledge share. But with people- Are you sure able... about that? Yeah, we're sure about that. They're very solitary animals. Like dolphins, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and other porpoises can go about knowledge sharing. Elephants can. Mm-hmm. Uh, octopi cannot. They just, but they're very mm-hmm. intelligent individuals. They can use tools and, um, you know, they're, they're smarter than the vast majority of species on the planet. But mm-hmm. just due to the way they live and exist, um, they don't really have that knowledge sharing. They have to start fresh kind of every time. Um, people, we have that. So uh, very, and it's very obviously so, so we're able to build off of one another. So, but nonetheless, I mean, there's still tons of ancient individuals who, you know, if they had, you know, the access to the amount of knowledge, uh, and data that Einstein had, they could have come up with a very, you know, uh, brilliant theories if they existed at the same time as Einstein, they just ha- so happened to be born at a different time period with less you, access you, you to just brought up a very interesting theory by mm. accident <laughs> that is this it's called as time and knowledge displacement mm-hmm. where you put a particular person from another timeline to this timeline mm-hmm. and i don't know i don't know who was that who who again and again proved that uh if you put a, a person in the in the wrong timeline mm-hmm. you know where they had like far more access to knowledge mm-hmm. they they would they could not do anything well, like they could, they, well, no. they would not be better than the average person, not even the most intelligent. Well, no, I think, see, this, this is, this is a point where I disagree. So I get from, yes, for me, from it, they were suddenly dropped, right? If, if you just took mm-hmm. the guy as a fully formed adult and you dropped them. No, in, no, it's no, just, it's, let's say you gave Google to Newton. No, 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 that's like, not, no, as, that, that, no that makes, that's being. not what I'm saying. No, that's not what I'm arguing. Mm-hmm. Because that makes no sense. Obviously not. Of course, they wouldn't have the background, the context, the phenomenological experience. What I'm saying more so, let's say we're able to take um, a baby, right? Like just a baby from that time, right? And and we just for somehow knew that that baby was going to be the designer of the Great Pyramids of Giza, right? And we were able to transport that infant into the modern day and give them that sort of background. Like, of course, they would have the intelligence, the ability, the know-how to figure these things out. But that is not the resources or the phenomenological experience that that person worked with. Clearly, there's a very intelligent person in there. And clearly, they formed to be a very intelligent person and picked up the mathematical uh, principles of that they had access to and and picked up, you know, the astrological principles, the engineering principles, so on and so forth. So that's more so what I'm saying. No, if you gave the designer of the Great Pyramid of Giza Facebook he wouldn't know what to do with it. Of course not. There's no way. Newton, you know, you Anthony, get... come on. He, he could have found a couple of dates there. <laughs> he would have just got, a, he would have gotten some cheap furniture on Facebook marketplace. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh this yeah. is how we furnish the Great Pyramid. <laughs> yeah, this is how we, we, we take used furniture and we say, um, you know, j- let's just use it. Yeah, I pick. Yeah, we pick up. Uh, we 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 pick. We talk to Joe from Tulsa. And we get his Humvee out yeah. here to drag a few stones. But yeah, yeah that's because th- there are temples in India which, like today's uh, architects, really struggle to explain how it was built. Mm-hmm. And I find it really funny because all of this study that architects do, yet they cannot build a building that can stand for like freaking fifty years. <laughs> and um, you know. Uh, less edu- let's say uh, in air quotes right less educated people yes. were able to build monuments that have lasted a fucking millennia and still are going strong yeah and you know that's like the kind of sad reality of today well there's also i think a, uh, i think also that comes down to like a carefulness too right like you know where a lot of these monuments were meant i mean i mean if we look at the majority of like ancient structures like obviously they've collapsed and for good reason because they were built quickly and done for just like you know certain purposes but you know in the same sort of way like when you build a, a building with care it will last i mean mm-hmm. while not nearly you know as old right you know uh but just as you know monumental right like 
you know, the, the Empire State Building, one of the oldest skyscrapers, is still in fabulous condition, right? So mm-hmm. when you build something with care, you know, it will last longer. And obviously, these ancient monuments um, that still stand, for the most part, are monuments of immense importance to individuals at the time and that they yeah. want to last. So it, it still works the same way, whereas opposed to someone building a, you know, a just a condominium on South Beach and <laughs> not accounting for like the flood waters or like how salt mm-hmm. was damaged to foundations. Like, yeah, they yeah. end up with tragic results. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah, it is. It is one of those things where it really um, is disappointing to say the least. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I read this somewhere and of course I love often a lot of Christians. Uh, they said that even till today, you could walk the same street that Jesus of Nazareth walked. Mm-hmm. But you, you cannot walk on the street that Jesus of New Jersey walked on. Oh, oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. No. If you want to get the acento down, Jesus, can you? Yeah, with the. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah, that would be even more Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that would be even more on your yeah. face kind of thing. You know, yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the the, the things. Um, it's funny, like uh, you know, Spanish and I myself and Cuban in background is so prominent in the United States and. You know, you go to most parts of the world and I could get a lot of people looking at me sideways if I was walking down, let's say, the streets of Chennai asking people questions mm-hmm. in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, what gibberish is this? What's, what's happening here? Like, hola, yes. señor, tengo comida? <laughs> it's like... They'd be like, you lost me on the first word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's un- it's not surprising, obviously. I mean, with the... I mean, obviously, with the sheer number of... Uh, you know, and, you know, regionally important, you know, dialects mm-hmm. and especially India, but just so many places on earth. But it's so, I mean, that's one of those things that's very fascinating, um, you know, when you look at like linguistic shifts, right? Because currently globally, yeah. the big shift is, oh, like English is the lingua franca and just more, mm-hmm. just English is just becoming the globally dominant language, especially. It's with, already there, I think. Like, yeah. It's the most like, spoken um, secondary language and the, I want to say the fifth most primary language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which is the most spoken, like uh, Chinese, Mandarin? Uh, no, I think English is more spoken. And when you combine um, all the speakers, I think English is the most spoken language in the world, followed yes. by Mandarin. And then I want mm-hmm. to say followed by Hindi and then followed by Spanish, mm-hmm. I want to say. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I mean, you just look at colonial history, you will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, French after that or something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, who, uh, who had more land? Who, it, somehow the people with the sad rock, uh, the, you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 yeah. sad, the, the sad rock for an island. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like, that's like, that is the thing that really impresses me because have you heard of Falklands? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like how the fuck did people end there, right? <laughs> and it must have been a mistake. Like, you know, by mistake they just wandered there. And they're like, yeah, I guess we'll live here. Like, you, you know, we're, yeah. Guess, guess we can't. Guess we're not going to Argentina, which is a couple feet away. I guess we're just gonna hang out yeah. here. <laughs> I think it it was an introvert who said like I hate freaking people, exactly. <laughs> so I want to stay as far as away from them. Yeah, I'm I'm done so with people. So it was like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very famous because, you know, you, you remember that moment where British and Spanish people met on the same island yes. and they thought like, okay, we have discovered this island. <laughs> this is our island. Mine. Yeah, this is our island. And they're like, how the fuck are you here? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of that happens sometimes where it's like people thought they mm-hmm. were the first, like... Um, you know, yeah. like I, I... Uh, you know, United States being the biggest op- uh, thing, right? The North American continent. Uh, wait, what are you talking about? Like people discovering it again and again and calling oh, it as oh, new. Oh, right. Like, like the Vikings. And yeah, like obviously, yeah. The, obviously if we go way, way back, Neolithic individuals. And mm-hmm. well, they just pushed the date thanks to a find <laughs> and uh, at White Sands of, of human habitation, right? Like the given, you know, I'm not sure if you ever got the whole thing of like, uh, Obviously, I'm thinking very America centrically, but um, I'm not sure if they ever talked about this, like the the land bridge where people got from. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So 
thanks to some finds at White Sands and other finds in addition, uh, the theory now is that people came to the Americas way before that sort of land bridge and that the land bridge was a mm -hmm. large and new migration movement, but wasn't the yeah. uh, original uh, movement mm -hmm. of people into the Americas. Yeah, I think back then Trump was in power where he said build the damn wall. Oh, oh, and he wants, and... He wants to make sure that there was no more ice <laughs> ice bridge between Eurasia and uh, the Americas. Ice, yeah, the so, and, and, and band of, um, you know, Asian people just crossed over. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, Opposing no. that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. no I'm not, I, we're not going there. Yeah, I can go there, dude. You can I'm go sure. there. I'm not going there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm good here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like towing boundaries <laughs> for some reason. That's fine. I'm just no, knock yourself way. out. That's just, that's, yeah. That's, this is not my place to speak on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, like in today's society, everybody thinks that they're so sophisticated. Oh my God, I dress good, you know, like I need to speak. I don't dress good. A very... uh, you're speaking to the wrong crowd here. I'm in a paddle board Yeah, shirt. same here. Paddle I mean, board shirt. But, you know, just in general, people are like, you know, like I need to be sophisticated because somehow, I don't know who the fuck came up with this, but somehow being sophisticated is like a sign of intelligence. Mm-hmm that I fucking truly do not understand because if you look at like most of the scientists throughout the history of the world, they were not really like sophisticated people by any means. Right. And they were, they were more on the wild scale rather than sophisticated. Maybe. And because of this sophistication, there is this breakdown of conversations in the society. Because if you look at South Africa, right, they also went through, this went through like a lot of shit. <clears throat> you know before before mandela came in mm -hmm. and even till today there is that you know like a black person will talk to white person in a very offensive manner like because it's just a history right and right. they acknowledge okay you know like um because i know two people from south africa who are white and black mm. and any any time uh the black guy says anything offensive uh you know the white guy will say no i can take you right <laughs> oh God. and that's kind of you know acknowledgement to the history rather than saying okay you know what like we, we are not going to talk about it yeah like that topic is off the bench yeah and i i feel that once that happens that's like really showing you like there is a clear line between people mm -hmm. um yeah because if, if you look at like today's united states society right if people just talked about everything most of the problem would not exist I know there's larger systemic issues with stuff. I mean, yes, conversations oh, yeah, do that's a lot, there. of course, but just people things. Yeah, but... but you know, like we need to find that line between government and society. Right, but but you know, governments like are laws made up of and behavior. So I get what you're saying. Yes, I think a lot, but like, yeah, individuals just talking. I think is the issue, right? Like it comes to mm -hmm. individuals. Again, individuals yeah. make up systems, and then individuals come together to uh, fix uh, systems. Yeah. Um, uh, what I meant to say is like, you know, like how laws are different than behavior. Mm -hmm. Like I could call someone an asshole, but that's not necessarily legal, right? <laughs> right. So it's like that behavior has changed. And only I, I think the only way that can change is just through conversations, like having these tough conversations with people and saying, okay, this is messed up. What can we do better? Rather than, you know, suppressing that yeah. kind of conversation. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying, but um, yeah, I think uh, speaking of which, uh, I think we've uh, we've run our hour, right? Yes, kind of, but it's okay. Yeah, awesome. No, no, all good, <laughs> all good. But yeah, um, yeah, I want speaking of which, I want to thank you for a good conversation. This is a lot more uh, humorous mm -hmm. and jokey than I expected. I originally yes. said that we're gonna talk about absurdism and death and love and <laughs> whether we end up talking about internet policies and and uh yeah. Tulsa truck drivers yes <laughs> but yeah thank you for yeah. all your patience with me i I, mm -hmm. I have to say i wasn't the perfect guest in regards to scheduling or timing and stuff that's that's I'm totally fine do but this was a super um, nice conversation my guy yeah that's totally fine and yeah because that's what we do on in sapient like we just find the craziest conversations to have because everybody is having normal conversations. Of course. 
No, no, all good. And I think sapiens, if we couldn't have uh, weird conversations, what would be the point of uh, having conversations in the first place? Exactly. That's why I named it sapient. Perfecto. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets so, this illustrious air yeah. to it, which I, you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, and who needs it, all of that? Who needs all that jazz in the first place? You know, I, I, I'm too much of a self-serious <laughs> academic anyways. But yeah, thank you yeah. so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much for being if, on the show you might have a plug myself be all plug oh yeah go yeah. for it go for it yeah. completely you can get my books on amazon and my, my author name is my full name anthony david vernon uh the assumption of death and flings on flings are stuff i've written so if you're like hey that guy is serious but also cool yeah <laughs> yeah and what a great name you have it's three first names. I like to joke. You know? Yes, it's three like, first. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think your parents are very cool. They were. They were like, you know, like this boy is going to be successful. I was, we, we better give him a good name. I was so close. To, I actually think I could have ended up with a much better name. So, uh, my mm. my mom wanted to name me Antonio, um, mm. but uh, my dad just wouldn't vibe with that. So mm. uh, I could have been, and then I could have, with my mother's name name. I could have been Antonio David. Valdez or Dado. Like that would have mm -hmm. also been really good. But I, I like yes. my name a lot too. So no matter yeah. what, good names. Yeah, you I don't I don't think you can you can complain about your name. You don't have that privilege yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Anthony, thank you very much for being on the show. Of course. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, you uh so to my audience, his Amazon storefront will be in the website description or even on the Spotify description. Just click on it, just go there. Um, because what we have talked to in here, he seems like a person who has some brain, like a lot of brain, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, of course, a character. So I hope, you know, you are able to get some value out of it. And until next episode, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.